1: relax and let's get creepy welcome to another hype episode this is another one that was actually supposed to be hypey in 2020 but it was supposed to come out in april of 2020 and we all know what we were doing (laughs) in april of 2020 i personally look at april 2020 with a little bit of like lockdown nostalgia does anybody else get that like oh definitely do we want to be in lockdown no like i get that it's a bad thing but like Animal Crossing came out. The new Star <laughs> Wars came out on Blu ray. I was like not really working. We were recording a lot, watching a lot of movies. I was in my pajamas all the time, yes. just playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> like, you know, there's a little bit of like that that nostalgia with everyone just staying home
0: and you know. Yeah, like there's a lot of there's a lot of bad with COVID. A lot of bad. But there was also some good with it. Come on, man. Little tiny bit. I got to yeah. stay home from yeah. work. And now, you know, employers and stuff are having to revolutionize things, or I guess they can give it
1: Revolutionize <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. Or we can go back to child labor, I guess, there's some people wanting to do that, so that's fun, too. Uh,
1: they are passing laws for people to work younger to get them yep. to go, so. Yeah. One of those W states. It was Wisconsin or Wyoming. I don't remember which one. <laughs> one of them W states that nobody cares about. <laughs> Just kidding, guys, if you're from
0: one, one of, of them W states.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we are going to talk about Antlers, which, again, was supposed to come out in April 2020, but it got pushed to now, which is October, November of 2021. November? I don't think it did it come out I in think October. It, I think it came
0: out at the end of October, the very end.
1: Okay, yeah, you're right. October 29th. I saw it November 1st, which was my birthday. <gasps>
0: Happy birthday. Oh, my God. Thanks.
1: It's not anymore. (laughs) I officially turned 29. I'm so sorry. I know you were very upset about it. Aging is fine. It's just, you know, it's, it's just weird. It's that kind of like, I don't feel like I'm almost 30. And it's just like. I just feel like I turned 20. No, I don't feel 21, but like
0: 24, maybe. You know what I mean? Like. Just wait till you actually hit 30. I don't know, man. It was like overnight. I hit that number and all of a sudden I was like, what is that pain? Is that an ache? <laughs> is that what they're talking about? And then it's just all the time. I went to Top Golf
1: two <laughs> nights ago and I don't have a good golf form because I don't fucking golf. And my husband does, though. And I looked at him and I was like, why the fuck does this weird specific place in my arm hurt so bad? (laughs) He's like, oh, you golf with your arms instead of like your whole body and your hips. And I was like, why the fuck did golfing for two hours make my (laughs) arms hurt so bad? (laughs) Like, weird. I know. Getting old, man. Yeah. But we're going to talk about antlers today, which was i so it's funny because i saw this with my friend Aaron and it, spoiler alert it's about a Wendigo yeah and we had had our suspicions and then when it actually came out that it was a Wendigo i looked at him and i was like it's a Wendigo <laughs> and he was like yeah they say that in all of the press releases they talk about that and i was like we don't avoid read those shit. yeah, yeah. I,
0: like,
1: I don't watch those so apparently That's not a surprise to anyone. So I guess it's not a spoiler Whatever.
0: It was to us. Yeah, 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 yeah. An exciting surprise.
1: Yeah. And this is also produced by Del Toro, which, you know, we love. Not directed by. It was directed by Scott Cooper. But anything that Del Toro is involved with, he's usually actually just the producer. Not just. But you know what I mean. Like, he usually has another director on board and is the producer. But the producer obviously has a lot to do with with
0: the Mm. he's the the money guy guy. he's got to say yes or no exactly
1: and it still has that like very del toro film i was like i'm gonna sob in this aren't i (laughs) yes
0: oh that poor little boy god
1: yeah it's still rough though in that very like guillermo del toro way he'd be doing that with children (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know as soon as I saw that there were, like, little kids, I was like,
0: God fucking damn it. <laughs> like, oh. oh, my God.
1: Yeah. The director did the screenplay as well, along with two other people. But, oh, my God. This is also based on, I think, a short story called The Quiet Boy. hmm And it's just heartbreaking watching. And these child actors did such an incredible job. Amazing fucking job. Oh, my God. I thought the acting was really consistent throughout, too. hmm so basically, and it
0: this is in Oregon, too, which the Pacific Northwest is so spooky. Oh, my God. It was fucking gorgeous. All yeah. the fog and everything. Oh, so good. Yeah. The Pacific
1: Northwest is just beautiful. My husband's from Washington State, but which I got excited about when we first started talking. He's like, no, I'm from the not ugly the desert pretty, side. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not from Seattle. I'm from the desert. And I was like, there's fucking desert in Washington. He was like. Yes, and that's where I'm from. And I was like, (laughs) Maine. so when we go visit your family, we don't even get to see the pretty stuff. And he said, no. I was like, okay. So I've never actually, I've been to Oregon once, that's where my uncle's from, and I did get to see some waterfalls and stuff, and 10 out of 10, love it. See, I get opposite seasonal depression. Yes. I know that's not a thing, but when it's like rainy and gloomy, I live... That's the best. That's when you put the PJs
0: on, light the
1: fireplace. Exactly, it gives me all the warm fuzzies, and I think that was because those were some of my best memories. Were I'm a homebody, and so if I had an excuse not to go outside, Mm
0: -hmm. I got to do
1: whatever I wanted to do. So playing video games or watching scary movies, or you know, just like like you said, lighting a fire. It also Mm kind of reminds me of my favorite time of year, which is you know from october to december exactly so we live in the pacific northwest is just like that often (laughs) so you know i feel like i'd be pretty happy there but it's also very
0: expensive dude so i am happy that they released this in october november versus april though like this fits way more it felt yeah and it may just be that
1: you know Pnw feel, if you will, (laughs) but it is. It did feel very fallish to me. Like Mm -hmm. it felt like I when I went outside and it was chilly, and I went to the theater and it had that vibe. It felt very seamless, you know, seasonally. Yes, yeah. So we have this father, and it's like you at first you're like he's a piece of shit father, but then you kind of feel bad for him, but then you kind of don't because like he's he's running a meth lab out of an abandoned mine and caring for his two young sons at the same time because he's a single dad so it's like you don't deserve your children but also like they do have a sweet relationship at the same time so
0: yeah and it's like you find out that the mom died and you know like okay that's fucking sad and he lost his job okay that's why he ended up in this it's Walter st- Whiting it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's not like, uh, don't breathe too. Like, he didn't blow up at the kid's house. Like, he's doing it away from them. Okay, that's that's a point. But then you also find out that he has been abusive to these kids. And he has many a time been, you know, ODing. And the sheriff has had to fix him up.
1: Yeah. Right. And the older brother, Lucas and there's a younger brother Aiden but the older brother is very much taking on that caretaker
0: role oh my god but he's so little oh like my god. he's he's starving he eventually you find out like cuz right in the beginning the father gets attacked by something in the mine which you know is a Wendigo and the little brother was with him and went in to check on his dad no. so they both got attacked Mom's not around. Lucas is having to not only try to take care of himself, which it doesn't look like he's doing a great job. He is mostly trying to take care of his little brother. Ew. And, you know, kind of his dad because they are in the same room together. Like you find him bringing home roadkill and he kills a skunk for them and stuff like that, but you don't really see him trying to cook for himself or anything. Yeah, it's really sad. Like, he can only do so much, especially Mm -hmm. because he doesn't have power or running water. Yeah, and he doesn't really sleep at night because all night long his little brother or his dad are going to be attacking this door or saying, you know, I I feel better. Open the door. Like, it's terrible. I can't imagine the psychological damage for this poor kid. Oh, yeah. And, like, I would say this... Other than it being a Windigo, which we don't see that often, does
1: this film break the mold for a monster movie? I would say no, like as far as plot goes, mm-hmm. but what it does do is there's, you have that Del Toro, you know, feel and atmosphere mm-hmm. and you have these like incredible performances And it gets a little campy at the end when you actually see the monster, but only for a moment. And then it gets badass, in my opinion.
0: I think the monster was cool looking. Yeah. There was like a moment where I was like, okay, that looks kind
1: of dumb. And then Mm -hmm. when it fully transcended, I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's cool. Like there was just a little moment where it was like between full Wendigo and man, where I was like, "Mm."
0: and then it finally got there and I was like, okay, all right. I'm with you now. Not, to give too much away but i'm very conflicted about this movie like there's a lot a lot that i really liked but there's also a lot that i not necessarily hated but i wanted more i wanted so much more with this film and part of that being i really wanted more character development we get quite a bit with the little boy which is great because he's the main part of our story we don't get so much with carrie russell and her brother because they're the other part of the story she is Lucas's teacher. And she's the one who's really seeing a problem here because she has been abused in the past and she's seeing the signs of abuse in this little boy. We don't go – I'm not saying I want to delve deeply into the abuse because I don't. I actually really like how they kind of allude to it, but I feel like they should have alluded to it maybe a couple more times to just give us a little more. Like there's a point – in the hospital when they have found Lucas and they they've brought him back because he's very malnourished and stuff like that. And they're waiting in the hospital and Carrie Russell is talking to her brother. And
1: Ooh, she- by the way, she's his teacher and he's the like the sheriff of the town. Yes. That's how they're all like intertwined. Yeah. It's like a very small town.
0: Exactly. So. So she's talking to her brother about how we need to basically adopt him. We need to fix this problem. And her brother makes a comment of don't turn this, don't make this about you and your abuse. And she goes, you don't know. You don't, you, you don't know about the abuse, basically talking about the things that he put her through. Like her father shoved her in the basement of the kitchen and they allude to child sexual abuse. They definitely allude to that but we don't actually really see it. So she talks about that stuff. And then the brother makes a comment of, you don't know what he did to me. I would like to have known what he did to her or what he did to him.
1: Or at least have some sort of conversation, you know, because you don't, they really, really pushed at their relationship needing work and the Mm -hmm. abuse that they shared together, but didn't know they shared together, but
0: then they Mm -hmm. didn't really go anywhere with that. Yes. There were many things like that. Like, you know they're in the house that she grew up in. So you know that there's a cellar under the ba- under the kitchen that she used to be in. And at a point, she has Lucas at that house, and the Wendigo comes for him. And she's, like, you know, trying to hide him. And all she does is puts him next to a bookshelf. Why are they not going into the cellar?
1: I was thinking about that, too. The only thing that I could think of was, like, maybe she thought about it and was too traumatized and you know? like
0: showing a little flashback and having her change her mind really would have helped
1: yeah yeah I I didn't you know this for me like I really enjoyed it the trailer
0: punched a little harder for me than the actual film did yes I thought it was gonna be a lot scarier like when you see them in the attic and Luke is taking care of him I thought it was gonna be pretty scary actually really wasn't
1: yeah. But at the, you know, it's it's definitely like a gruesome story, you know. Yes. The people basically when the Wendigo shreds these people to pieces. It's mm-hmm. definitely brutal. It's a it's a brutal movie. And the native folklore around the Wendigo and them talking to someone that's native when they're figuring it out that this is a Wendigo. And that, she's a true believer that that's yes. what it is. Is very interesting.
0: That frustrate, frustrated me a little bit too. I love, love Wendigos, love the fact that they have a Native American there telling the story. But I hated the fact that the rest of the cast was white. It felt very token. And I... I thought, like, you see in the classroom in one scene when she's asking the children about to talk about a myth or something, and she calls out at least one Native American girl. That's cool, but that's – I needed more. Yeah. I needed them, you know, even if they had to drive through a reservation to show this man, but he's just, like, in a trailer all by himself. Or – like have his wife or something there also telling the story. I don't know. Just the one felt very token, and I I didn't like it.
1: Yeah, it was def like they definitely needed someone to explain it, and so they had to give him his role. You know, yeah. they had to make up an excuse for him to be there. Yeah, basically, because he didn't really have another part in the movie at all. No. Like he was he, not a character. He was not a main character. Yeah. He was not really even an auxiliary character other than to tell us, oh, it's a Wendigo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: the most they told us was he was the old sheriff and he found a mutilated body in the woods. That's that's the only other action, quote unquote, that he had in this film at all. Right, yeah. You know, they, like I mentioned, the highlights for
1: me were definitely this actor was actually 15 When he filmed this. That little boy? Yeah. Whoa! Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Or maybe he's 15 now. Mm
0: -hmm. I was going to say, he's. that kid has not hit puberty. He's supposed to be 12 in the movie, and I was already sitting there going, wow, that is a small 12-year-old. Well,
1: and also, he had the look... You know, very emaciated. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But I was even, like, I didn't even really consider, I figured he was like 10 because he has another boy in his class that picks on him all the time and that kid looked like he had definitely been held back a couple times. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, though,
1: the bully gets it and I'm here for it.
0: Dude, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's 15. So, you know, maybe he was, you know... 13 or 14 when filming it Mm -hmm. but he was born in 2006 so they he just looked real tiny
0: wow yeah he really did july 3rd 2006 like he goes yeah i'm 12 and my brother's seven and i'm like dude you look like you're basically seven (laughs) yeah he's very tiny which really like
1: oh my gosh he has on his instagram him standing next to the antlers poster. And he is that tiny in real life.
0: Oh my God. Mm-hmm. He's like a Michael J. Fox.
1: And this was really his debut. And for him to come out and do this. Like. He he did. He has been on screen before. But this was like his, his first. Film. Dave like as a main character. And. He just did such a good job. Like, the pain and trauma that he portrayed in this, like, I don't know how it could have been done better. This kid did such a great job.
0: An amazing job.
1: Because sometimes child actors, you know, through no, like, they're just inexperienced and they're small. And sometimes the just nature of the script can take you out of it you know or like can can be difficult for them to portray and if they're not really totally in it or they don't know how to portray those strong emotions because they're children and they've never gone through something like Mm -hmm. that it can really take you out of it but he I mean even and even the little
0: one too Aiden yeah I kept looking at both of them going I wonder like the director's really getting it out of them good job yeah yeah it was so well done. And
1: I'm glad that they waited to release it in theaters. I was like, oh, was it streaming? And it wasn't. But it was really fun to see in theaters.
0: Agreed. I will say one other thing that bothered me a little bit. That's just because I edit our podcast. I've edited movies and stuff before. I just like editing. This was edited in a, in a couple places very oddly. Like, there was a point where she, the teacher, ends up with this picture that Lucas has drawn and torn up. And I swear to God, I didn't blink, but I don't know how she got this picture. Like, she's putting it out on the dining room table. And Connor even looked at me in the theater and he's like, how did she get that? So it's like they missed a scene there. And then she talks to her brother about Lucas. And it's almost like that scene should have been before The her finding this paper but it was after it's like there's a couple things that didn't quite fit and I feel like especially when you put this movie out another year and a half it really should have been more pristine somebody should have looked at that again
1: yeah which is surprising because of the names that are you know behind it yeah which is interesting yeah and I mean if you're just looking at it from you know the it is a it is a brutal film and it will be satisfying in that way and there mm-hmm. is a kind of a cool monster but I think some people will be like I I feel like it really puts the trauma of the characters first mm-hmm. and then everything else is kind of secondary if that makes sense
0: which I can totally get but if you're going to because they definitely show you that the wendigo and child abuse they're they're the same like that's what they're talking about in this film the wendigo is child abuse that's what they're getting at and they're really they kind of shove it in your face a lot which i'm not saying is necessarily a bad thing but if you're going to do that then i needed more child abuse i'm not saying i wanted to see it i'm not But I needed a couple more scenes of Carrie. Like you basically just see Carrie Russell going into a liquor store a couple times and you see that she had a drinking problem at least. You see a flashback of her her under the kitchen and her dad naked on her bed and you hear a couple like, no, daddy, like that's it. And I'm not saying I wanted to see any of that, but I needed a couple more or I needed the abuse that her brother went through or something to really hammer that home the way that you were telling me it was hammered home.
1: Or even if there wasn't like more of it necessarily, you could polish the screenplay a little bit, you know, Yeah. To, to get it home. Because I, you know, personally felt like the abuse was like, okay, like, got it, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was there for me personally. So the only thing that I wish for her, I felt like, at least for me personally, was sufficient. But for the brother, mm-hmm. you didn't get any of his story at all.
0: Nothing, which makes me really sad because I actually really liked that character and huge spoiler alert, huge. So if you don't want to hear the ending, I'm going to tell it right now. Basically, at the end, the brother has gotten hit by the Wendigo and now he's turning into one and you feel sad about that. Like it's definitely left you hanging if they want to do like an antlers two or something. You feel bad about that, but I feel like it could have been hammered home of that. You feel even worse for this brother if they had given us a little more story.
1: Yeah. Or maybe that was like the point, like he's alluded to all this trauma and abuse and nobody's really listened to him his whole life because he's this tough sheriff. And obviously and clearly he's gone through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because now he's turning and he is yeah. they think the Wendigo is gone, but now it's in him. And one of the last lines he says, like, can you kill something you love? Yeah. You know, And he's turning. So, you know, it's a lot of nuance type things too but you do like that character and you do kind of want more from him because the whole time he's saying like you have no idea what I went through Mm -hmm. and then at the end he got that so
0: yeah I really like this guy like right in the beginning he's sheriff and he literally talks about how like his sister goes why are you even doing this you know that you don't want to because he talks about it's also showing a lot of this impoverished town that's dying And he is the sheriff now who has to evict these poor people that have, you know, kids to feed and they have nowhere to go. And That's his job now. And nobody else wanted it. So it kind of was pushed on him. And you see that side of him, too. And it's so sad. And you see him trying to do this job that he doesn't even necessarily want all along. Yeah. There's been a lot of, like, using the impoverished
1: kind of... I don't really, at, like, device, I mm-hmm. guess. We're kind of, we're liking that in recent mm-hmm. years for film. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not, considering we're all rich, you know, actors and producers kind of playing off of that. So that's just something I would like to just throw out there. Yeah, you know? it's just interesting. We, I, we always play to what, is what's current. going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting little thing that I've been noticing a lot in films, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, for me, I, it's hard because when you're watching a film like this, I, and I, this happens to me a lot. Like I, for, unless it's like garbage, I genuinely enjoy the movie when I'm watching it and it's entertaining. And then in reflection, you know and you really think about it sometimes it maintains and sometimes it it backtracks mm-hmm. a little bit for this one for me it was really entertaining and then it backtracked a, a for me a little bit mm-hmm. on reflection so it wasn't really ever a 5 for me and mm-hmm. then i was kind of lingering around a 4 and you know i i honestly don't think i would really rewatch it a ton i would probably i would rewatch it but I don't think it's as a three. I really would like to linger somewhere between a three and a four. So I guess a three and a half, you know, if I had to pick a number. So that one's really hard for me because I still feel like fours and fives are really soft. Obviously, a five is a perfect score or, or damn near close. A four is still really good. That's typically my like, high. I don't give fives very often. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I still don't feel like I got that sweet spot for a four, but i don't feel like it's a low and as average as a 3 as a lot of the other 3s i've given. so
0: that one's still kind of hard for me. so that's so funny because literally as the movie finished i was sitting in the theater going i wanted to like this as a 4. i really wanted to. but i also don't think it's as basic as a 3. <laughs> i don't ever do halves. amanda's more of the half person, but i feel like i'm for this one i want to sit at that 3.5. like i want to be in that middle area. Yeah, that's what those halves
1: are good for. It's hard because when you only (laughs) have a a scale of fives, you know, it's kind of, it's limiting. You know, if if we had a 10, I'd probably put it at a six, you know? Mm -hmm. But for a five, yeah, I'd I'd say somewhere in that half range because it's hard, which for a Del Toro film, you know, I'm usually like five out of five. But this one just didn't quite hit that sweet spot for me. But it was still... A good film. And I would still recommend you see it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It was definitely watchable. It was definitely entertaining. What's interesting, too, is that's kind of where it sits on. Rotten. I think Bloody Disgusting gave it a two and a half out of five. Rotten Tomatoes has it at a 60% from the critics and a 69% from the audience. You know, so. Not,
0: no, those aren't bad scores. Those are respectable, you know, especially for only one week of release so Definitely. far. I just wish that, you know, us waiting a year and a half for it to come out and the trailer being so badass that it had, it had been more polished.
1: Yeah. And it looks so dark and like scary. It just mm-hmm. wasn't. I just maybe and and part of it may just be I want to be. One, I want Del Toro to emotionally ruin me, but I also <laughs> want you to scare me. Uh-huh. And I, I didn't quite get that mix of what I was looking for. It was an emotional movie, but it didn't kill me like The Orphanage does. hmm And it didn't scare me, you know, like Pan's Labyrinth did. So, not that Pan's Labyrinth was, like, super scary, but just, like, the whole vibe of it was super creepy, you know?
0: Yeah. So. S- speaking of, really quick, where ending the year here soon and next year we're going to be doing hopefully a series where once a month we're going to do a movie that and we're hoping you guys can make a scream out of fear so yeah send them in if you have them yeah yeah so we've done of
1: course you know the 100 years of horror and the foreign horror series and so we'll talk about it kind of as the year comes to a close more but we are tired of these movies being, like, the scariest film since The Exorcist, which they use all the time, specifically about The Exorcist. (laughs) But... And then going in there and not being scared. So your mission next year is to start to send us recommendations of movies that you think will actually scare us. And at this point, you should probably have some sort of idea of what scares us. I'm typically more, you know, face demons, you know, but really anything that is like a good, just like jumpy type really good suspense building i think will do it you know what i mean like mm-hmm. hell house llc that was a good one like it wasn't like terrifying but it was still like the, probably one of the most significant ones i've watched in the past year yes z you know? z would have been a good one z was good yeah so that's your mission for 2022 jesus christ i know is to scare us and on that note thank you so much for joining us for this review of antlers we do recommend you see it just let us know what you think you can let us know at all of our socials everything is the extra sisters podcast except for twitter which is at the extra sisters and if you would like to follow us on patreon you can do so at patreon.com
0: slash the extra sisters podcast until next time stay creepy